That's in the Bible, episode 27, Fruits, Gifts, and Signs. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric and really glad you could join us today for Fruits, Gifts, and Signs. And we've got a full house here this evening and uh, we're going to start with Stephen. Stephen, how are you today in beautiful western New York? I'm doing just fine. Thanks, Eric. How's your week? It's been good. Been real good. Enjoyed uh, uh, just serving the Lord and uh, Unfortunately, had another funeral that we had to do. Uh, the fellow that I talked about before that had ALS, he uh, he passed away uh, last weekend, and we had the memorial service for him on Tuesday, and it was a packed house. There were a lot of people that uh, he knew and, and uh, had an impact on, and, and they showed their support and came, and, and it was a real blessing. Uh, the memorial service was, was well done, and... Um, um, had some lost people there as well, and uh, our hope and prayer is that uh, some, someone of them have trusted the Lord as their Savior. Amen. We also got Pastor Strobel here with us today. Pastor Strobel, how are you? Doing well, thank you. And welcome back. Anything new with you for the week? Uh, just keep, keeping up uh, busy serving the Lord at the church, um, preparing messages, studying, and uh, doing counseling. Amen. I'm sure that's enough to keep you busy all week long and then some, probably. Amen. Yes, that and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and Matthew, how about you in beautiful uh, Syracuse, New York? Doing good. We're going to have some uh, nice weather coming up here. So When you say nice, like you mean like 40 degrees, maybe? Yeah, about 40, 43 degrees, somewhere around there. So no snow for the weekend, and so looking forward to that. Uh, some street preaching uh, Saturday, and... Uh, Pray for me if you can. I might be uh, the only one out there. Hopefully, Tom will come out there with me. But uh, mm-hmm. so it'll be it'll be a good time. And and uh, Syracuse basketball team is doing really good. The men. And uh, so uh, there'll be a lot of people there, and and uh, it'll be a good time just uh, trying to proclaim uh, the word of God. Amen. And Steve, do you want to introduce Peter? Well, a friend of mine that uh, uh, went to our church here in, in uh, Western New York area for many, many years, and he and his family moved down to South Carolina uh, a few years ago. His name is Peter Herlin, and has uh, been a good brother of mine for a long time, good friend, and uh, he has agreed to join us here on the show uh, tonight. Now, did you pay him to come on, or uh, did, no? I had to beat him with a stick uh, <laughs> to keep him from. No, <laughs> no he willingly uh, uh, wanted to come on the show. Amen. I'm a fan of that's in the Bible. <laughs> Peter's our fan. We have Amen. one fan. <laughs> the Amen corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, we're, you're in, in South Carolina, correct? I'm in uh, York, South Carolina, just uh, just over the border from Charlotte. Amen. Anyway, I know we do have some static on the line. We're going to work to see if we can get that fixed, but we'll just have to kind of to go through it. But thanks, thanks again for joining us. And uh, was it was it sunny and warm in South Carolina today? No, it rained all day. Uh, it was about forty-five degrees and 
rain. <laughs> Supposed to be sunny tomorrow. Huh. Is that is that typical temperature for you guys? Typical high at this time of the year is about 52, 53 degrees. Uh, low is right around freezing. Uh-huh. Uh, there isn't much wind. There's there's really no winter here. I mean, as far as we don't really we don't get any snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we when we when we get an inch of snow, the whole place just stops and and just goes crazy. They don't even know how to deal. I mean, they'll close the school a day ahead of time if there's a threat for snow. They, they really don't. They don't know how to deal with it, and uh, that's okay. I, I I dealt with it for forty one years, and I don't. I miss like Steve, the church, everything, uh, my home. I miss that. I don't miss snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember living in Georgia. I was in Columbus, Georgia, in the military, and uh, we we got snow like maybe in less than an inch, and it it did. It shut down everything. People couldn't drive. They were flying off the side of the roads. <laughs> it was like, it was hysterical. It's hysterical to watch. But yeah, it's it's amazing when you don't uh, you don't drive in it. How it uh, just brings everything to a halt. Well, let me give you this. Uh, about 30 years ago when I was in Bible school, it flurried. It didn't stick on the ground, flurried. but it flurried in, in Pensacola, Florida, and people were pulling off the side of the road and getting out of their cars so they could experience snow. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. So we do that in the winter. We do that in the- <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the weather at home today? Uh. Oh, it was uh, partly sunny, probably in uh, maybe 20s, somewhere in the 20s. It, it got up to the about the mid-30s, actually. Oh, did it really? Yeah, well, we had, I'm in, indoors all the time, so I don't, I don't know. I think our high today here in uh, Binghamton was 32. So that's yeah. not bad for this time of year for us. Well, it, I, know, I know I got at least 33. We were above freezing, so I think it may have got a little warmer mm-hmm. than that, though. Amen. So it's good to have everybody on, and Peter, it's, we've heard about you before. You know, Steve's mentioned you before. He's threatened uh, to, threatened to bring you on before. So good to have you. Well, I appreciate it. I uh, I, I appreciate the teaching of Stephen, and he's taught me a lot through the years, and and uh, appreciate everything you guys do to put this uh, program together to uh, help edify the saints. I got Amen. some folks from our church that that uh, tune into it. Regularly, I have one particular gentleman. He's he works in a situation where he he's able to he works in a service van a lot of times. He's a locksmith and he he has uh, the ability to be able to listen while he works. So he'll he'll pass his day listening to that's in the Bible, and he'll sometimes call me up and say, "Did you hear what they said?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sure a lot of people say that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's been a bless. You know, he's he's told me that many times. It's been a blessing to him, and and uh, appreciate the the Bible believing teaching that you guys are doing. Amen. He's actually, I think, written in. I think we've seen him on the. Yep. Responded to a couple of different things. <clears throat> yep. All right. Anything else for the good of the cause? I guess we're. I think we might have talked about this a little bit last time, maybe, but we're Matt and I are headed down to Pensacola for the blowout. I am too. Steve is going too. Steve, yep. you driving? Yep, we're driving. You must have a little bit more time off than we do. I only have that weekend. 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Probably leave Sunday night and come back on Monday. So looking forward to it. My wife, my daughter, and uh, her friend, uh, girlfriend of my youngest son. So uh, looking forward to going down. So that'll be good. Amen. And I think Pastor Strobe, you mentioned last time about that time. You'll also be at Youth Ablaze. Lord willing, that's our plan. Yep. Amen. And Peter, you you going to be heading out anywhere? No, we're we're. Uh, I have four kids, and we don't move anywhere all that fast. Pretty <laughs> 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 much, I uh, uh, won't be uh, won't be going anywhere. Uh, uh, we uh, make it back up home, uh, Stevens Way, uh, usually once or twice a year. At least, usually once a year. But uh, I'll, I'll wait to go in the summer. I don't want to go up in the snow. Amen. If you get up in the summer, you'll have to let Steve know, and I'm sure you will, and then, Steve, you can let us know, and maybe we can all kind of get together. Amen. That'd be good. That'd be fun. That'd be great. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I would enjoy the fellowship, no doubt about Amen. it. All right. Well... I don't have any other topics to cover unless you guys want to bring up something before you start the lesson. I'm going to bring up something quick. Okay. You know, one of the things Steve taught me right from the beginning when I was first saved, what he was trying to do was a principle that's written in the Word of God. It's in the Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And the Bible says, There thou follow my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me... Among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And I, uh, that, 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 those two verses have always hung with me, and, and, it, and it's, it's been a principle in my life. And, and uh, what you guys are doing here is you're actually fulfilling those two verses right there. You're, just, you're teaching other people and, 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 and passing on things that, so others can go teach other people. And uh, Discipleship is integral part of the Christian walk. Amen. Amen. And following that up, uh, we'd just like to say to those that are listening, if you know of somebody that would benefit from this program, one of the ways that you can help do what that verse said is to have them uh, tune in, encourage them to tune in. If this has been a blessing to you, there may be somebody else that could use some um, spiritual nutrition. Uh, We get good feeding from church, and that's that's where our primary feeding ought to take place. Amen. Sometimes it helps to uh, get a little extra food between uh, Sunday and the midweek service. This is an opportunity for that. And uh, one other thing, I'd just like to uh, just make a little bit of an appeal for the folks that are listening to us and getting a blessing. Uh, Each of us are involved in the ministry and doing the work of the ministry, and we would sure love it if uh, you would remember to pray for us. Amen. 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 Amen, amen. One of the reasons uh, when... Uh, I think Matt and I first began to talk about doing something like this, and and I just got an interest in podcasting in general. But I thought, you know what? I just don't want to do a just a silly podcast, something that won't have any lasting, you know, value. And hopefully, this does that. That we could put out something that would be helpful. And but also, you know, if you, I find myself during the day listening to the radio or trying to look for some sort of, um, you know, some food but also some entertainment at the same time. And I thought, wouldn't it be good if there was just like some real people 
people that you could tune in and listen to that you didn't have to worry so much about what they were saying, but it might just be, you know, just Christians getting together and talking and um, maybe even talking about current events, which is why we've had um, talked about some of that or maybe talking about some of the quotes of the day, which we bring in current events or some of the founding fathers and just to talk a little bit about, hey, you know, here's here's what we believe and and uh, we're, we're just kind of regular people. And um, to have a place like that, I, I would love to be able to listen to another podcast like that. I haven't really found one. I hope there's more out there. Um, but those kinds of things. So when we started talking about doing that, that's what we had thought to do. And um, so if it, uh, if it is helpful and, and uh, does help folks to open up their Bibles and take a look and, and see if, in fact, what we're saying is, is God's Word, that's great. That's, that's one of the... One of the main things we'd hope to do when we started. So, amen. And it's good to have Steve on with us and Pastor Strobel joining us. And every now and then we have people that join us as well. And Peter, it's good to good to hear from you. And it's amen. It's exciting for me, and I, I'm sure for everyone else here to to think that hey, it's not just the four of us <laughs> talking <laughs> to it into, a, into an empty room, and but others are actually listening and and. Um, you know, maybe there there has been some edification that is that has happened too, as well as so, some kind of fellowship, maybe even through the computer and the podcast. So, you, know, you guys have done a great job. You know, and I I always think of that with the Lord. You you you, you give your best and you do what you can. You guys are doing what you're doing what you can. Uh, I tell Steve that all the time. You know, God's work is always great work. It doesn't matter whether it's big, little. Uh, it might seem insignificant. Something you're doing. Uh, not a lot of people are noticing. God always notices, Amen. and uh, it, it's always great work because it's God's work. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know for me, and I think Matt and we've talked about this before, is that you know what? It just it kind of helps keep you focused too. Mm-hmm. And we've got another show to put up and another topic to cover, so that's just another thing that helps. If it doesn't help anyone else, it helps me. Uh, it's a sense of accountability, you know. You you accountable accountable to each other uh, to to put on the podcast one, you know, as as a group of guys here, but but also to the listeners as well, and ultimately to the Lord Himself. So, yeah. Amen. And you, you do feel kind of accountable, especially when we went um, December without a show, right. because we were all kind of tied and and torn. But you you're thinking that, uh oh. You know, there are some people that might be trying to tune in, saying, "What'd you guys quit? Did you give up?" <laughs> you know, so we're still here. I just want to say too. I mean, uh, just hearing some feedback from people, and especially from Peter and and some of his guys at his church, and it just really is a blessing to hear that that uh, you know people are actually listening, and and uh, that that right there. Yeah, like I said, I think before uh, the last time we talked, I mean, just even one person just listening to it, and and uh, like. Eric, you and I, when we first started this, you know, we were like, well, this would just be something neat, you know, that we'd like to hear, you know, and get get uh, kind of fired up, you know, to serve the Lord and, and to get closer to God. And, and, uh, and, you know, it's just it's just great to hear. And it really it really um, helps me out a lot, too. You know, it really gets me excited, you know, and it makes me want to do this more and more every time I hear uh, some of that, you know, that people are actually listening and, and getting something from it. And I just want to praise God. I mean, I want to praise Jesus Christ and, and thank Him for uh, just allowing us to do this. You know, and I mean, every every time we do this is a gift from God, and I thank Him for that. Amen. And, 
And sometimes you never know. Like yesterday, we had like 43 hits. You know, it's, wow. So uh, you wonder, what is that? Is that maybe Pastor Strobel trying to get his part off on off of the uh, website? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't hit it that many times. So <laughs> How do I read Checking to see who you put up for my picture as you threatened it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I suggested we we put up several different pictures of me. He was talking about putting my picture up there, so I suggest we put up several different pictures of other people and have them try to guess which one really was me. And I was all for that. (laughs) Charlie Brown. I was all for that, but the folks I came up with, you kind of nixed that idea. I got, <laughs> I got going on that. Well, I remember when I first started looking at it, and I was scrolling through it, and there was a picture of Steve there, and he, he had his head down, must have taken it off the webcam, and all you saw was his bald head. So, <laughs> <laughs> You sure that wasn't me? <laughs> I'm not sure who put that up there, but I knew it was... I've seen that bald head long enough to know who that was. <laughs> oh, amen. Oh, amen. Before amen. honor is humility, Steve will be preaching today. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I was vain, it would bother me. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. So, fruits, gifts, and signs, huh, Steve? That's it. Hmm. I wanted to add some things to that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I guess I won't. I guess I'll let that let that let go. the comment come later. All right. Amen. So, are you about ready then? I'm ready. All right. So, take it away, Steve. All right, guys. Thanks again for the opportunity, and uh, it is my privilege to uh, present the podcast this this. Uh, this evening, uh, as Eric has mentioned, the, the name of the podcast is Fruits, Gifts, and Signs. Almost said nuts, but it's Fruits, Gifts, and Signs. I'd like for you to take your Bible and turn to Galatians chapter 5. While you're searching there for that uh, portion of Scripture, let me just pray just a moment here. Father, we're thankful for the time that we have here. Again, we're thankful for the fellowship that we had prior to the broadcast and, and uh, putting uh, things together. Lord, uh, we're thankful for the fellowship and, and what we can enjoy. But, Lord, we're looking for your your help as we present this Bible study. God, I pray that you guide and direct, allow your word to be magnified in the hearts of those that hear. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, let's uh, begin in verse 16, and we'll read on down through verse 25. <clears throat> This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. For the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variants, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, 
Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, <clears throat> I read really, you know, we're, as the title indicates, we're talking about fruits, gifts, and signs. But I wanted to go through and I wanted to show you a contrast between the flesh or the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And there's a verse in Ephesians that will kind of make that uh, maybe a little bit more clear. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, take a look uh, around verse 7, I believe. It says, uh, Be not therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness and righteousness and truth, provoking uh, what is accept or pro- I'm sorry, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Those unfruitful works of darkness, I believe, are, are what he's referring to. This is what we call a companion passage. Uh, Galatians and Ephesians, there's certain portions of that that are compatible. And uh, what he's writing here in Ephesians chapter 5 can be traced back to Galatians chapter 5. It's talking about the same context. And um, when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness and righteousness and truth, and then he talks about the unfruitful works of darkness. And they are contrary they're not. Uh, they're they're diametrically opposed to one another. Now, the works of the flesh. There's 17 of them listed there, and they these things are all natural outcomes of the Adamic nature. In other words, those things are things that we do naturally in a lost state. A lost man, or even a saved man, really can do some of these things, but these are characteristic of the lost. Adamic nature, and uh, they just come naturally. The fruit of the spirit, however, is is something a little bit more unique. Uh, notice it says "fruit of the spirit." It is a singular thing. It is a fruit that is that is the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer, and it's fruit, which means it's singular. It's not plural. It's not fruits of the spirit. It is fruit of the Spirit. And uh, it is not produced, the fruit of the Spirit is not produced uh, in our own effort, by our own willpower. You know, sometimes people have the misconception of thinking, well, you know, they they try to assess their life and they look in themselves and they say, you know, I'm kind of lacking in the love department. I think I'm going to work on adding some love into my life. It's not that. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is all one unit. It all comes together, and uh, it is a product uh, of the, uh, the Spirit of God. He produces it in our lives. And, and how that is produced, it is an outcome, if you will, of a yielded life. It's an outcome of the yielded life. If there is fruit demonstrated in a Christian life, it is evidence of a death to self. It's evidence of death to self. Take a look in Galatians chapter 5. We read these verses just a moment ago in uh, verse 24 and 25. And they that are Christ's 
have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And, of course, the context of that is direct. Those verses follow the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And one more verse. In John chapter 12, John chapter 12 and verse 24, it says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. In order for fruit to grow in the ground, let's say uh, 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 some corn, that kernel of corn has to be placed in the ground, it has to be buried, and that kernel actually dies. And when it dies, God, through his own miraculous uh, uh, power uh, in, in creation and all that kind of stuff, God allows that kernel to sprout and to grow. And it, and it grows into a stalk and shoots forth leaves and shoots forth ears, and uh, the ears produced kernels, and far, <laughs> the fruit of that is far more than what was put into the ground. But it has to die first, and that's what we're talking about. We have to die to self. Now, I often talk about this. We ought to have a funeral tonight where we die to self, where we die to the world, where we die to our own ambition and allow ourselves to be filled and directed and guided by the Spirit of God. We, uh, if we let the Spirit of God do the work in us, uh, uh, we have prevented the works of the flesh being produced in us. And, uh, in other words, you, you, if, if the Spirit of God is working in us, uh, the less likely we are to do those things that were mentioned earlier in that passage of the works of the flesh. Um, we need to die. And I've mentioned this before, Pastor Strobel's heard me say this before, and I don't think it's an untruth, I think it is a truth, that we need to die and we need to re-die and we need to re-die again. And let me explain what I mean by that. <clears throat> Early on in my Christian life, uh, it, it, there came to a point where I realized that in order for God to do something in me, I had to yield myself to Him and I surrendered to Him and I died to self. And I wanted God to, to work in my life, and I wanted God to produce his fruit in me. So I went to the altar, and I laid it all there, and I said, God, you know, I, I'm, I'm, taking, uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm giving up control of my life, and I want you to have control. And so I died to self. And uh, God working in me, some of the things that were in my life at that time that needed to be getting, gotten out, God took care of those, and God allowed me to get victory over those things. But as soon as I had victory over those things, I found out that other things propped into my life. And that whole process had to start over again. I had to die again to those things. And so what happens, we think we, we've done our duty, and we've died to self, and we've let God have control, 
And uh, in many cases, what happens is we kind of take control back from God, and and uh, we don't realize it. And uh, things are in our lives that really need to be gotten out, and we have to die again to self. And so we need to let the Lord do those things in us. Now, <clears throat> go to uh, Galatians again, Galatians chapter 5. And take a look there in verse 22, and we'll read these things again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I'm just going to take a very brief moment to explain some of these and just give a short definition. And again, this is extremely brief because there's other areas that we want to try to get to. But love, I kind of describe as a, as a burden and compassion for others that goes beyond emotion. It is, it is a yearning and a desire to, to uh, do things for others. It's, it's, it's charity. It's, it's, it's love put into action. And it's a burden. You know, when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, all of a sudden inside of you there is a, a compassion and a burden for others that you never had before. That is the work of the Spirit in you. Joy. It's a contentment regardless of the circumstances. And sometimes people confuse this with happiness. Happiness really depends on the circumstances. You know, if things are going well, then we're pretty happy. Uh, if things turn to uh, grief and mourning, uh, we're not happy anymore. But joy is a contentment deep within the soul, uh, which has no regard to the circumstances. And that's God-given. That's not something that we can generate on our own. Uh, peace is a rest of spirit. It's a, a satisfaction that all is well. And with the Lord, we can have that kind of peace. Long-suffering. Long-suffering is a patience. Uh, as, it, as the word kind of uh, indicates, it's suffering long. It's putting up with things. It's putting up with aggravations. It's putting up with, with maybe pain, uh, maybe sorrow. It's putting up with those things. In a, in a way that, that physically and emotionally we cannot generate in our, own, in our own bodies. It is something that God gives. It's supernatural. Gentleness. Gentleness is a, is a kindness and a graciousness to others. It's, uh, it's, it's not being overly brash and overly uh, rude and crude. Uh, there's a kindness with the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Next one is goodness. A uh, big word for this is benevolence, a virtue of wholesomeness, honesty, fairness. You know, it, it's treating people right. Uh, it's treating people as they should be with honor and respect. Uh, the next one is faith. It's a trust. It's a reliance. It's belief. Um, you know, we, the Lord gives us a certain amount of faith to believe in him, but I believe he also gives us, when I say that, to trust him as our savior. But I believe after that, 
He gives us a faith to believe his word and to believe that he's able to do the things that's said in the word. All the promises that he gives us, all the commands that he gives us, those are things that we really have to believe and have faith that he's able to accomplish. And that, that is the kind of faith. We, we can't generate that on our own. We, you know, there are a lot of people that try to generate faith on their own, and, and when circumstances mount <clears throat> and, and uh, things get really, really hard, and they go through some terrible trials in their life, and all of that willpower will give way. But God gives, through the Spirit of God, part of that fruit is a faith that believes and trusts that the Lord can do what he says he's going to do. You know, I've, I've read other uh, information that people have written on this, on this verse, and they, they kind of indicate that it's, it, it's in regard to faithfulness. And, and I suppose you could probably make some, some application there. But the word isn't faithfulness there. The word is faith. And uh, it, it, it implies that there's a trust and a reliance. The next word is, is meekness. It's a uh, humility, if you will, a preferring of another above yourself. It's uh, acting in, a, in an unassuming way. And there's some people that are shy and, and will act uh, as if they're meek. But this is a, a supernatural meekness. It's something that God gives to a person. And uh, uh, evident in that life, uh, the person that is meek is, is very noteworthy. And uh, something that that's, they, they, they don't try to vaunt themselves. They don't try to promote themselves. <clears throat> the last one is temperance. Temperance is a, a self-control, a discipline. Um, I, I understand in, in some respects there's a certain amount of, of uh, our own effort that has to go into some of these things. Uh, I'm, I'm not really totally blind and ignorant to that fact. I mean, there are times when, when we have to make ourselves read our Bible and discipline ourselves to pray. I understand that, but I also understand that there was a change in me when I trusted Christ, and as I yielded to God, there was a change in me that I couldn't explain, where once before, vices that had a hold of me no longer had a hold of me. There was a, 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 some sort of supernatural <laughs> ability that was God-given that allowed me to get over some things that I, I never thought I could ever get over. And so all of these things are the fruit of the Spirit. As I previously stated, previously stated, the fruit of the Spirit is a product of the Holy Spirit itself. You know, it says fruit of the Spirit. The evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in the Christian life uh, should be their, their greatest desire. I sincerely believe that. You know, everything else will fall into its proper place if we die to self and allow the Spirit of God to generate these things in our lives. All the other things will fall into place. Uh, this is, a, is contrary to the contemporary Christianity that we see today. 
which has taken the philosophy of the world, which basically is get all you can get to promote yourself, to show yourself to be uh, uh, inex- inexpendable to God. In other words, God's got to have you. Uh, inexpendable to the church. To, you know, to show yourself how spiritual you are. See the gift that I have and see how important I am to the church. Now, with that being said, I want to move on to the gifts. The gifts are given to the church so it can function. Each member is given an opportunity to contribute to the function of the body of Christ, which is the church. Now, the reason why you know we talk about this this modern Christianity and and in a sense, like Pastor Strobel mentioned here, I think last week in the last podcast, there's no new thing under the sun, uh, and really, it is an old thing. Uh, the church in Corinth uh, put an inordinate value on some gifts and minimized others to elevate themselves in the sight of the brethren. Uh, my admonition to you is to prefer the fruit. The more fruit of the Spirit is manifested in you, the better you will be able to handle the ego of the gifts. Uh, And don't get me wrong, gifts are not bad (laughs) by no means. It's the philosophy and the mindset of Christians which has placed too much of an emphasis on the gifts and become a focus of their Christian life. It's their aim and their desire. Now, the gifts are listed. Um, I, I could be wrong. I've counted 21 separate gifts. Now, there's some verses in there that have repeats. So if you count and you, you count all the gifts and all the accounts, you'll come up with more, but there are some repeats there. So what I'd like for you to do is uh, uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, of course, that's a good uh, chapter to see what I was referring to uh, in regards to the, the philosophy of Christians, especially today. But it was demonstrated in, Galatia, or in first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12. When you read that whole chapter, you'll see what I'm talking about. But the, one, the first thing I want you to notice is the fact that the, the, the Spirit is the one that gives the gifts. Take a look in verse 11. It says, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. The gifts aren't something that you say, well, you know, I've got this talent in this area and I think this is what God wants me to do and so forth and so on. That could be an indicator, but it's not always an indicator. Uh, Somebody may be very gifted at talking, but that doesn't mean that they're a preacher or they're an apostle, or or anything else. It just means that you have a gift of gab. God may decide to give you the gift where you could use the tongue, or he may give you a gift where you really need to suppress it. It's the Lord God that gives the gifts, and we need to keep that in mind as we go through these lists here. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, take a look in verse 8. We get our first list. It says, uh, for to one, 
is given the, uh, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, if you followed along there, you'd see that there's a gift of wisdom, a gift of knowledge, of faith, of healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, go on to the next uh, verse and take a look in uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 28. Chapter 12, verse 28. And God has set some in the church, first, apostles, secondarily, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And again, we have the list there of, uh, of apostles and, and uh, prophets, teachers, working of miracles, gift of healing, helps, governments, and diversity of tongues. Now, go on to another passage of Scripture. Go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, and, God, and, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, take a look just a little bit further there. And it says, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And uh, goes on and so forth. Uh, those are also gifts, as we've seen in other places, and so they're also. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Take a look in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us or to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy uh, prophesy according to the portion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, and he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And here again we have the list, prophecy, ministry, teaching, uh, an exhorter, a giver, a ruler, and one that shows mercy. Now these are the gifts, and they're given by God to the church so the church can function here uh, here in this world, uh, not only to the saints, but also to the world at large, those that uh, need to hear the gospel. Obviously, we have the pastors and the teachers and the apostles and the prophets and so forth. All of those were given so that that uh, we could reach the world. Now, one thing I want you to notice in that list of gifts, 
there are some that have another designation. And that's where in the title, the word signs comes from. And I want to read you some things. Uh, some of the verses that I will not be covering will be found in the, in the podcast that we did on the, on the Sabbath. We went through a number of verses there in the Old Testament, which talked about signs that were given to the nation of Israel. And I'm not going to read those, those verses there. If you want to hear what those, some of those verses, you can go back to that podcast and, and hear them. But I do want to give you some verses here. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, the scribes were there uh, and the Pharisees were there with the Lord. And they said this in verse 38, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign of thee. But he answered and said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, And an evil and evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Take a look in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And verse 3 says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be, uh, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, these guys are asking for signs. So not only did you have the, the scribes and the Pharisees asking for signs, but you also have the disciples asking for signs. And when the disciples asked for a sign, uh, as far as I can see, the Lord didn't rebuke them for seeking a sign. Now, take a look in John chapter 2. There are a number of verses here we're going to cover. John chapter 2, and take a look in verse 18. Now, just so that you have the context right, Jesus Christ has just cleansed the temple temple. He turned over the uh, tables, uh, uh, took a cord and, and uh, whipped uh, the, the animals and anything else that was in his way. And uh, as a result of that, this is the statement that was made. In verse 18, then answered the Jews and said unto him, what sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? And of course, the sign that he gave them was that of the body. He says uh, 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 he gave, his, gave him a sign to destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. And, of course, they thought he was talking about the temple there in Jerusalem, but he was talking about his own body. And, of course, that has connection with what we read up there in Matthew, where it says, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, for there shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Of course, as Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And of course, tie that in with, with uh, John chapter 2, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Now, in John chapter 6, the, the context is he, he's just fed the 5,000. And um, uh, they come to the Lord in verse 30, and they said, uh, they said therefore unto him, 
What sign showest thou then uh, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Now, you know, I always thought to myself, I said, you know, what in the world are you guys talking about? You guys just saw him feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with five loaves and, and two fishes. And, and here you want to see a sign? Notice what Jesus Christ responded to him. He says, uh, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness. But what, what that is a connection to, take a look in, uh, in Matthew chapter 16. Go to Matthew chapter 16. You'll see something interesting. Matthew chapter 16. Now, this, this isn't really connected, I don't believe, with uh, the feeding of the 5,000, because that took place uh, earlier in the book of Matthew. But notice what it says there in verse six, uh, chapter 16 and verse 1. The Pharisees also and the Sadducees came and tempting, uh, 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 tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. They weren't really interested in seeing all the signs down here on earth. They wanted to see something take place from heaven. And, uh, of course, Jesus Christ knew that, and I think that's why he answered them the way he did there in John chapter 6 when he says, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and so forth and so on. Uh, then, uh, of course, he gives them the thing where he talks about uh, the bread of life being himself, and he would give the bread of life, and that they that eat that bread should never hunger, uh, and so forth and so on. Now, um, go to Matthew chapter 11. Just make a comment and then go there. But Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist is in jail. He's in prison, and... Um, He's, he sees what's going on, but, but he's still a little confused. In uh, Matthew chapter 11, and starting in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his, uh, his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in, the, in their cities. Now, when John had heard in, uh, in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me." Now, what the Lord is doing is he, he's, he's confirming to John that what he's seen are the signs that would be promised to the nation of Israel, that what he is witnessing by all, of the, by all the works that the Lord is doing is that Jesus Christ is manifesting himself to the nation of Israel, that he is indeed the Messiah. Now, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. There's a reason why the Jews kept asking for a sign. There's a real good reason for that. And what you want to do is you want to let the Bible be your guide. You want to let the Bible be the dispenser of truth. 
You don't want to read anything into this other than what it says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22, for the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Now, that is a pivotal verse in all the things that's going on in Christianity today, whether you're of the charismatic and Pentecostal Assembly of God persuasion or whether you're you know, a Baptist or, or whatever, those, this is a very instructive verse because it gives us the clue as to what we're going to read here in a few minutes. It gives us the clue. The Jews are the ones that require a sign. And so Jesus Christ came to them, showing them signs and miracles and wonders. Notice what it says. Take a look in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, Stephen is giving the account or giving an account of the history of the nation of Israel to those scribes and Pharisees that aren't very well receiving his message. In fact, they stone him at the end of it. In verse 36, it says this, he brought them out, and after that, talking about Moses, and after that, he showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. The Jews lived by signs. They knew God was with them. They knew God was for them because of the signs that were given. Not only... (coughs) Excuse me. Not only the signs that he did uh, in regards to uh, throwing down the the rod and it turning to a serpent or sticking his hand into his coat and it becoming leprous, but all of the plagues that took place in in Egypt, uh, the dividing of the Red Sea, the manna that was that was given to him uh, there on the ground for forty years, their shoes never waxing old. Uh, getting water out of the rock, all of these things were signs to the nation of Israel to let them know that the God of heaven, the God that Moses served, was the God that was their God. And he, all they had to do was trust him. All they had to do was believe him. Notice it says wonders and signs. <clears throat> Take a look in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Now, it should be instructive to you, uh, and it will make more sense here in a, in a few moments, but let me, let me bring this verse into, into focus. Notice what it says. Of course, this is in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. With that in mind, go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. This is the Apostle Paul speaking again in verse 19. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Iconium, I'm sorry for the mispronunciation, 
I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So when Paul went, if you read the book of Acts, when Paul went into the town, the first place he stopped were to the Jews. He went to the synagogue. That's why I read that verse from Romans chapter 1. His practice was to go to the Jew first and then to the Greek or then to the Gentile. Uh, notice uh, in, uh, go to first, uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, you need to be careful. I'm not saying one thing or making accusation. I'm just saying you need to be careful because not only does the Lord do the signs and his apostles do the signs, but there are others that do signs and wonders as well. And you need to be careful. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, Even him who's coming after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Why is that? Mark chapter 13 verse 22. For false Christs and false prophets shall arise and show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. It is to deceive. It is to trick. It is to get somebody to believe in something that they see instead of believing by faith. Our time that we're living in right now is characterized by living by faith, not by experience. And then you need to be very careful. So, Examine what's taking place. Use the Word of God as the authority instead of what you see or what you hear or what you feel. Because what you see, what you hear, and what you feel, you can be deceived. The Word of God is not deceived. It's truth. Go to uh, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to turn there myself instead of just reading what I have on the paper there. Hebrews chapter 2. Let me get to there here. Hebrews chapter 2. Take a look in verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Now, who would that be? That would be his apostles. If you want clarification of that, go back to Acts chapter 1, look towards the, the end of the chapter where it talks about the qualifications for an apostle. They had to be with him from the, from the baptism that John gave him and heard his words. That's the evidence of, of who or the qualifications for who can be an apostle. Um, in verse 4, for also uh, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now, understand it was the apostles that were confirming 
the things that were said that they heard from the Lord, and what was used to confirm that was signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now, with that in mind, let's go to the last few verses here. The last few verses. Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, let's take a look in verse 17. Now these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And uh, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, remember, we gave the list of the gifts. Now, what I, and I also mentioned that there are some gifts that are peculiar. And what I meant by that is the fact that some of those gifts are also signs. And if the, if the Jews require a sign, those sign gifts were given to the Jews. Now, one more verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 22, it says, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying edifieth not them that believe not, uh, 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 believe not, but for them which believe. Now, I know there's a great controversy about tongues, and we could go into a whole nother study on that, but let me just suffice it to say this. Tongues were a soul-winning tool. They were for them that believe not, not for them that believe. And if you examine that, you'll find out that tongues were languages, and it was an ability that God gave to those apostles to be able to speak in a tongue that they did not know to preach the gospel to a people that needed to hear the gospel. For example, I don't know how to speak German. And if I were in Germany and I was during the time of the apostles and God gave me the gifts of tongues, I would be able to speak in German without ever having learned it to witness to those Germans of the grace of God. That's what tongues were. Notice what it says. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. When you have the book of Acts, and Paul is going out to those different areas, going out to those different countries where the Jews were spread out, he went to the synagogue and he preached in those tongues of those, of those nations to those Jews to be a witness to them, to testify of his saving grace. Now, let me boil it all down. The fruit of the Spirit is what every Christian should desire. And they should beg and ask God to allow those things to take place in you more and more. And the best way that that takes place is by you yielding your life to Him, dying to self, allowing Him to do the work in you. God gives gifts to the church, and it may not be readily understood by a, uh, an individual, especially a young Christian, as to what that gift may be, 
But God, over time, will reveal that gift to the individual. And uh, my advice and my suggestion, my exhortation, is that you use that gift. Unfortunately, in today's Christianity, uh, people just aren't willing to serve the Lord. They just don't want to do anything for Him. They're satisfied with going to church on Sunday morning, maybe on Sunday night, and rarely, but maybe even on Wednesday. But they don't want to get involved in much, le- much, much else. All they want to do is be comfortable in their Christianity and not have to do anything that would be extraordinary or out of the ordinary. Uh, find out what God has blessed you with. Maybe he's allowed you to, to uh, have this ability to make money, and you could use the gift of giving. And uh, by the way, we're not asking for money. We never have and we never will. That's not what we're here for. So don't get that impression. But there are plenty of people and plenty of, of, of churches uh, and not just churches, but missionaries and others that could use the money. Um, maybe you're good at, uh, maybe God's just given you an extra measure of faith. You know, faith is one of the gifts and it's also one of the fruit. I believe God gives us the fruit of faith to believe him. But, you know, I've run across people that just abound with faith. They just, they just believe God can do anything. And, you know, those people are an encouragement to me. And maybe that's what you have a gift for. Maybe you just have this unbounding faith that just trusts the Lord in everything you do. And, you know, that can be an encouragement and a help to, to people that, that just struggle with it a little bit. Go over the gifts. Find out what they are. Pray about them. Ask God to reveal what your gift might be and use it for God now. And then lastly, the signs that were given to the nation of Israel. Let us not be confused in thinking that those signs are for us today. Those signs are for the nation of Israel. And as the, the Jews rejected Jesus Christ, and Paul made statement three times within the book of Acts, he says, you've rejected it, lo, I turn to the Gentiles. And when, they, when that final rejection took place around uh, Acts 27, 28, God finally turned his back on the nation of Israel, and he turned to the church. And that is only temporary. Let me hasten to say that's only temporary because the time is coming when the fullness of the Gentiles will be come in and God will again turn his attention to the nation of Israel, Romans chapter 11, and they will go through the tribulation and they will see signs and wonders and miracles taking place. And all of those sign gifts that, that were mentioned there are going to be evidenced again to the nation of Israel. Because the Jews require a sign. The Greeks, you and I, seek after wisdom. Let's not be confused of that matter, and hopefully by the grace of God that this study has, has kind of shed some light on it and maybe cleared some things up for some people, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll let the Word of God be the truth in your life. Thanks, guys, for the opportunity for this uh, podcast today. All right, Steve. Thanks for bringing that. Amen. And reactions. 
Well, I think it's real good that the folks uh, take heed to what Brother Steve was saying in regarding to the signs. When you listen and, and look at uh, the lists of those gifts, uh, you'll find two of them emerge particularly that uh, were sign gifts. And Steve emphasized the um, tongues and how they were for a sign. And uh, he also read to the verse that dealt with Paul talking about the signs of the apostles. Another gift uh, that's in the list that also was a sign was healing. And in the course of the study, Steve made reference to the sign where uh, Moses stuck his hand in his bosom and became leprous and then put it back in and it was healed, showing um, healing as one of the sign gifts for as the Lord uh, Jesus Christ was being manifested to uh, Israel. And as you got toward the uh, completion of the New Testament, toward uh, the times of the Gentiles entering in, what you find is um, some of those sign gifts, uh, they, those sign gifts in particular, particular they began to fade out. Um, there was a time when Paul had the power to actually uh, send an apron or a handkerchief from his body and heal people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 12, it said, I'll start in verse 11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. That's in Acts 19. By the time Paul gets to the end of his life, when he's about ready to um, uh, die, as you get into uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, or chapter 4 rather, and then verse number 20, he says, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. And one would wonder... Why Paul would leave, um, you know, one of his co-workers uh, sick there when he had the power to heal. I mean, he was there present with him, wouldn't have even had to send him an apron or a, a handkerchief. But apparently the uh, powers were going. And then another one is First uh, Timothy chapter number 5 and then verse uh, 23, I believe it is. And that's where uh, Paul told Timothy... And I'll get it up for you here in just a moment. He said, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake, and then often infirmities. And instead of sending along with this uh, letter that he's, this epistle as a letter that he's sending to Timothy, instead of sending along a, a handkerchief to heal him, he says, uh, take some medicine. Yep. So um, uh, you could see the sign gifts fading out. Amen. Amen. I just want to say, too, I've been doing a, a big study on the signs and wonders, and, and uh, really when you look and study it out, um, there was only a, a handful of signs and wonders that were done by the Lord um, before, um, before the nation of Israel. And then when God took Abraham and said, I'm going to make you a nation of people out of you, and, uh, and by you all the nations that are around you will be blessed, um, you know, before that there was only a handful of signs and wonders after that, then God did all the signs and wonders, and it was all for the nation of Israel. You look back, you look at, you get a concordance out and look up signs, look up wonders. Every single time, it has to do with the nation of Israel. And also, it, it, when, it, when it talks about um, all the others, um, and even future people, uh, like, like uh, uh, their children, uh, their next generations, it also talks about these signs and wonders were for your next generations, you know, and and so they would keep talking about them and say, the Lord brought us out of Egypt and uh, keep reminding them that uh, because this is what God did for them. And, uh, you know, we've got these, uh, these certain people that tell us that, you know, there's a lot of signs and wonders that are given to uh, the church and things like that. And you've got to be careful with that. 
Uh, I just had a, a couple verses here, Deuteronomy chapter 13. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1, it says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth you thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass. I mean, there's a lot of people that say that they can do all these signs and wonders and all these things. And it says, Whereof ye spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Uh, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. What really gets uh, my attention is back up in verse 3 towards the end there. It says, For the Lord your God proveth you to, kn to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. I mean, here we've got these, uh, uh, I'll, I'll use the word, the Pentecostals, Church of Christ. They say they have all these miracles, signs that they do, and it attracts a lot of people in. But the problem with that is that it's not according to the Word of God. And uh, God says, listen, these people, these people are out there to prove you to see whether you actually truly uh, love the Lord with all your soul. I mean, these, we got these people that are talking about, uh, you know, uh, first of all, that, um, you know, if you live for God with all your soul, with all your spirit, with all your mind, you're not going to have any persecution. Well, that's not what 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says. It says, all that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Uh, you got this rich, you know, gospel, you know, the prosperity gospel. That's not what Proverbs chapter 30 says in verse 7 through 9, uh, where Solomon says, don't give me riches to where, I, to where I leave you, to where I forget you, and things like that. I mean, all those things are contrary to the Word of God, and God is trying to prove you to see whether you, uh, whether you truly love Him or not. Amen. Um, Steve, I was thinking as you were teaching there, you know, we actually were doing some of this same stuff in Sunday school class at church, and and uh, when people talk about the spiritual gifts in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, oftentimes I think that a good thing to do is read through to the end of the chapter and read the last verse and then go to the next verse. It says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, yet you I, unto you a more excellent way. And the next verse says, though we speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity, I become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. When it comes down to it, it's what you emphasize to start. What's the more excellent way is, is, is the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Is God working through you uh, to do all those nine different things that you pointed out in, in, in the book of Galatians chapter 5? And, and, and uh, the gifts are, are to be coveted, but a more excellent way is, is charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of folks that, that emphasize, especially sign gifts and what have you. And, and uh, I, I, sometimes not to argue them, I say, well, let's, let's get to what the Bible says is a more excellent way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes folks don't want to talk about that more excellent way because some of those gifts that they think they have, which they actually don't, is something that puffs up the flesh. Right. And... Uh, uh, that's the danger of a lot of those signs. Uh, it was Matt mentioned uh, the, the the passage, and I had my Bible open to that passage in Deuteronomy chapter thirteen, and I've got written next to the verses that he read, wrote there. The word of God always trumps circumstances and signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. Whatever God says is more important 
than what you actually see before your eyes. Mm -hmm. And um, signs and wonders, I think what's going on right now with all the push for signs and wonders is just exactly what you mentioned in Thessalonians about just, just getting this world ready for yeah. the, the deceiver, the Antichrist, to, to, to deceive the world with lying signs and wonders. You know, the thing that, that's, that's key there is, is characteristic of the age is that everyone is geared towards emotion. Uh, they have to feel something. And a lot of services, unfortunately, they're, they're geared towards trying to get a certain feeling. And, uh, you know, that's probably the hardest thing to try to convince people is that they've experienced something, whatever they've experienced, and it's, it's more powerful than the Word of God. And all I, all I can do when, peop, when I talk to people of that is, is draw them back to Second Peter chapter 1, Amen. where, where Amen. Peter talks about, you know, being on the Mount of Transfiguration, seeing the Lord glorified right before him. And he says, we have a more sure word of prophecy, which is a reference to the word of God. Okay. He says, more than trusting what I saw with my eyes or heard with my ears, the Bible is more important than any of that. Amen. And if you could just get that across, I mean, if people could just get that and let the Bible say it. I mean, you can't get any clearer than, than the fact that, you know, what, what it says there in 1 Corinthians, the Jews require a sign. It's for the Jews. It's not for you and I. And so, you know, if, if they can get by their experience and get by their emotion and let the Word of God just say what it says, they'd be able to understand their Bible a whole lot better. Amen. You know, you, Steve, you talked about at the beginning about kind of dying to self. And, and I wonder if some of that is, is the, because it is emotion, it is experience, it's, it's more about them. Right. than it is about God or, or you right. know, what the truth really is and what the Bible says. It becomes, it becomes a very inward, you know, kind of, I don't know if the religion is the word, but a, a, a inward experience versus mm -hmm. really, you know, looking to God and, and truth and is found in the Bible. I, well, that's you, where I was, I'm sorry, go ahead. When you're talking about that, one of the things that came to my mind was where Paul said, I die daily. Mm -hmm. You know, in First Corinthians, and uh, mm -hmm. that's 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 really kind of what what I find I have to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. otherwise uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't work for me. You know, I just got to keep the uh, the old man down. Yeah, amen, amen. There's a verse I was trying to look for it in my notes, or, or a statement actually. Uh, Basically, the the gist of it is is that uh, with the fruit of the spirit, we'll be able to. You'll be able to. Oh, here it is. Uh, the more the fruit of the spirit is manifested in you, the better you'll be able to handle the ego, the gifts, mm -hmm. and and really the gifts. If you allow your flesh to get in there, become an ego trip. Yeah, and that's what's evidenced in in what goes on in a lot of churches is that it's a big ego uh, to be able to have some of these gifts. In fact, that's what the church at Corinth was doing. Uh, that's why it you know says, uh, "Shall the eye say unto the foot, you know, I have no need of thee," mm -hmm. you know, and so forth and so on. But there are, there were people in the Corinthian church that were magnifying their gift 
and minimizing the gifts of others to because it was all big ego. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we have the same kind of thing going on today. And, and it, it's not just in, you know, the uh, Pentecostal or Charismatic churches. It's, it's in all the denominations. So it's, it's not just naming them. I mean, they may be the ones that promote the sign gifts, but, but there are other gifts that, that uh, Christians of all stripes, uh, right. you know, are guilty of, of magnifying uh, above others. And even, I think even the world in general, that's one of the things they're always interested in, you know, like they're, and I, I know there's movies out now, I don't, I don't know the names of them or remember the names, but it has to do with the Mayan calendar says the world's going to end and I don't know, whatever it is, 2015 or 12 or whenever, you know what I mean? They're all hung up on these other things and you know the Vinci codes yeah, all that all stuff all those science mysterious stuff yeah. yeah so I think there is there is something that that uh, people seem to be drawn to for that mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, Steve what you said there and I was thinking in uh, Acts chapter 8 with Simon the sorcerer mm. that Simon himself believed also when he was baptized he continued with Philip and wondered beholding the miracles and the signs which were done and later down in the chapter it says um he says to the apostles what he saw through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, mm-hmm. that on whosoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, uh, obviously Simon's heart was not right. Some people argue whether he was actually saved or not. I mean, the Bible says that he believed. I, you know, I, I, I'm just going to believe what, that, what the book says. He was believed. Right. And he, he believed. So I... I think he just fell back to what he knew. He was a sorcerer. But anyway, um, what a lot of people see them signs and wonders, and, and, and it, again, it works towards the flood power. Right. Absolutely. And uh, like you said, the, the key is understand, believing what God's Word says and uh, that, that signs and wonders were, were given for the nation of Israel. God is not dealing with the nation of Israel at this present time. He's dealing with the church. Mm-hmm. So as he's dealing with the church, the signs and the wonders have passed. Right. And uh, I always think of that verse that says, when that which is perfect is in come, that which is in part shall be done away with. And, mm-hmm. you know, those signs and wonders were done away with and passed from the scene, and, and they're not for us today. Amen. Now, Pastor Strobe, you started to say something a minute ago? Uh, yeah, I was just going to mention, and following up on what you were mentioning before, in regard to the way the the signs kind of seem to affect people and, and get them puffed up, and uh, not the signs so much, I guess, but the gifts. Mm-hmm. The idea that I was just going to uh, interject was that the, the gifts themselves are not an end, which some people seem to make it, but they are all a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Right. Even, even when tongues was used properly, it was a sign for them um, that believe not. The purpose, right. as Steve said, was was soul winning, and that's that's the thing. It's not about us; uh, it's about uh, Jesus Christ and whatever He gives us. Is uh, there are tools for us to use, right. uh, minister for Him? Amen. 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 All right. Well, unless anyone else has anything, I think maybe it's time to to kind of wind down here, and uh, that means the choruses or the quartet is going to start a little bit of singing. Steve, why don't you sing along with him? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I, I noticed you didn't ask me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
You guys could do a duet. How about that? Oh, man. You could pop in a little harmony on that, couldn't you, Steve? Oh, I could try, but, uh, nah, not tonight. All right. All right, so um, we'll get together soon. Willing and Great to be with you guys. Enjoyed it. Peter, thanks again for joining us. Even with even with that static and tooting that's going on, we enjoyed having you. Sorry, that must just be something from the south. I don't know. (laughs) Could be. God bless you guys. Godspeed. Keep keep doing a good work. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, I think um, Pastor Strobel, you'll you'll be up next, right? Lord willing. All right, you're going to keep us in suspense, or do you have an idea? Yep, I'm going to keep you in suspense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have ideas, but it's going to be a couple of weeks, so I'll give the Lord liberty to Amen. Uh, own it. Amen. Amen. All righty. We'll see everybody next time. Yep. Glory to Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Shall rise, righteous be in the skies. Going where, going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will, many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise, righteous be in the skies. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.